Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. San Antonio District Judge resigns after a federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it? I did it because I was foolish. Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on RevolverPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that for next. Big jab there from Duffy and Brett Mir is hurt now. Down goes Duffy They're a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Great to have you with us once again, Monday, August 16th, 2021. It's episode 313 of the Anik and Florian podcast. So does the PFL have its own barber? Is that what is that what's going on? <laughs> Dude, I, I looked like a homeless person uh, who has been on the streets for a long time. My hair needed a cut. And uh, now I look like a like a like a decent human being. So, so but not to say homeless happened, people aren't decent human beings. I'm just saying I just look. Of course, well you look amazing. Uh, you look amazing, and I'm sure once you got this haircut, you probably knew, having known me for six years, that I was going to lead the show with it. So, uh, <laughs> those of you wanting your PFL recap, it's coming here in a second. Um, by the way, shout out to Austin Vanderford getting a Bellator title shot. Um, but do you guys have your own barber or did like they not like the way you looked when you showed up in South Florida? Like what's going I, on? I, I didn't like the way that I looked. So I decided to get my hair cut here, here in Charlotte. And uh, oh, that and, was in and Charlotte stop looking like a scumbag. Yeah, exactly. All I right. OK. All right. Yeah. Thank God I have misinformation <laughs> because I was about to jump ship. I mean, because the thing is, well, I remember being when we were at ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut, and I know you remember when MMA Live graduated from ESPN.com to ESPN2, we got makeup, yes. right? We yes. got to go upstairs and actually get our faces painted professionally instead of doing it ourselves. And, and we, I think we still put our suits on in the toilet stall. Right. But 
I was thinking you had your own barber, and I suggested when we were at ESPN that uh, that my guy Neil there in Bristol, Connecticut, get hired as the ESPN barber, you know, so we could get a skin fade on idea. show day. Yeah. You know, now I got to do it myself, you know, on show day. <laughs> it is what it is. I hear Dean Thomas is a great barber. I think actually Matt Sarah said that on these airwaves. Um, but Daniel yes. Cormier and I right now are doing our own hair. But you look great. Um, you, sorry man. we couldn't connect in South Florida. I wasn't going to bring my three-year-old son to the Seminole there in the morning. Um, not out of COVID-19 fear, but yes. it was just going to be a lot. But uh, so how'd the weekend go? How was it down in uh, in South Florida? It was good, man. We had, we had a lot of great fights. Um, you know, we had uh, one controversial fight on the main card, uh, you know, to get to the finals. Uh, obviously, the semifinals are going on. It was uh, all about lightweights and welterweights. Um, you know, my buddy Rory McDonald ran into a very tough Ray Cooper III, um, and he wasn't able to advance. But, uh, you know, that very tough uh, Russian, Magomed Karimov from uh, American Top Team, ended up advancing. So, uh, it was a solid night. You know, I, I think we're going to have a, a, a terrific final. I want to talk about Ray Cooper the third. I want to talk about Clay Collard. So you ran into Vitor Belfort, our old friend, huh? Yes, yes. He's looking like he's in great shape. He, he He's looking younger somehow and uh, looking great, getting ready to, to box Oscar De La Hoya. So uh, I wish him the best, man. I hope he goes out there and kicks some ass. Were you guys reminiscing about 2013 in Jada du Sul? <laughs> yeah, the Vitor yes. tour in 2013? Dude, he was handing out beatdowns, man. Say what you want about his cleanliness in 2013, and people certainly will, but those three wins that year in Brazil, and you were on the call with me for at least two, if not all three of them, right? Yeah. Over Luke Rockhold, Michael Bisping, and Dan Henderson. The year of Vitor Belfort in 2013, still to this day, eight years later, I've never seen anything like it, right? I mean, that's the greatest fighter in MMA history right there before <laughs> circa 2013. There was no one scarier, man. He looked phenomenal everywhere. Just uh, scary, man. And I know sure. Dana White is not the only one who hopes that uh, that he lands cleanly on Oscar De La Hoya uh, <laughs> when they meet. By the way, what are we, like 12, 13 days out from, uh, from Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley? Jake Oof. Paul minus 147 or so, DraftKings Sportsbook. Tyron Woodley plus 132, if you care, okay. if you give okay. a shit, as Dana might say. You also ran into Faraz Sahabi, I would imagine, uh, your old chief corner. I nice did. man right yeah. there. Nice man right there. So He's he was awesome, in Rory. Man. He's doing great. So he was in Rory's corner. Rory's been cross-training at, at Sanford MMA. I believe he lives in South Florida now, Rory does, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he's been, he was renting in South Florida. He was uh, contemplating a move. Yeah. He was just kind of not liking the way things have been or were in uh, in Montreal and Canada. He he said it's turned into a police state, and he wasn't right. able to train. Faraz has told me that you know police were showing up to his gym trying to shut it down. They had to like escape from the roof. I mean, it yeah. was it was crazy. So imagine trying to prepare for a fight. You're not even supposed to be at the gym, right? Uh, and then at the same time, you don't have all your training partners from all over the world that you typically train with. Right. So things right. have been pretty tough for those guys over there. Why did it take you so long to get a haircut? Does your wife like want you to grow it out? What? Sorry. Dude, just... Well, kind of, kind of. And Dude, also, there's got to be something here. I'm lazy too. Uh, I'll be honest. So like, and then, then I'm like in that point, I'm like, well, I have to get a haircut anyway. I'll just wait another couple weeks until like the week before I need to be on television. So if I don't need to be on TV, I'll, I'll, I'll look, uh, yeah, like uh, like a scumbag. No, a tr they trimmed the beard yeah. up. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm just if you're just if you're audio only. I know this is not great content, but I'm uh, very distracted by the aesthetic today. It's almost like I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, so 
Faraz Zahabi was in the corner of Rory McDonald, as was Henry yes. Hooft representing Sanford MMA. Um, but it was yeah. Ray Cooper the third by unanimous decision, 30 to 27 times three. I haven't had a chance to watch this fighter a lot, just given my uh, my kids and, and my UFC schedule. But uh, seems to be a hell of a fighter. And uh, here in 2021, uh, seems to be better than Rory. What were your thoughts on that main event? Yeah, listen, man, you know, uh, Rory's so technical. He's so experienced. Um, Ray Cooper is just so hungry. He's so good. He, he he reminds me of a vintage Johnny Hendricks in his prime, you know, with maybe, um, you know, two good hands, his left and his right. He, he has a serious amount of knockout power. He's an excellent wrestler. Uh, he's committed to the game. He continues to get better. He's so focused. Um, and I, I truly believe he's a top 10 welterweight in the world. Um, there, there's no question in my mind. Uh, he is very good everywhere. He can submit you. He can knock you out. He, he, he wants to hurt you. He, he like, he's got that F you in every punch that he throws. Um, yeah. and he, he, he's extremely dangerous and extremely focused. Man. And I know that's giving you pause in terms of, of your own comeback, just being that close watching Ray Cooper live, how good he is, well, you know. Well, that's the, th I'm telling you, here's, yeah. here's the difference, though. Like, honestly, to go back, you know, if you're in it for any other reason than just, you know, making a paycheck or trying to do anything other than, like, loving to fight, like, yeah. that dude is hungry and wants to hurt the man in front of him. And, and that, that really makes a huge difference. Clay Collard had a win over Showtime Pettis earlier this PFL season. I don't know if any of you follow Showtime Pettis on Instagram and saw his winning wager over the weekend. He had Raytheon Stotts plus 305, 5Gs at Green Valley Casino there in Las Vegas, 5Gs to pay 15K. Good on wow. Showtime Pettis hitting the 3-1 to one dog there, his teammate. Um, but Clay Collard on the wrong side of a unanimous decision here at PFL 8. 29-28 times 3, Ken Flo. Haush Manfio was the winner here in the lightweight division. Yes. And uh, obviously when there's a million dollar prize and the masses think one guy won, um, it's only going to sort of heighten the venom and the discourse about the decision. What were your thoughts on that fight? And to what extent was it uh was it a robbery of Clay Collard here in the tournament? Yeah, listen, um, I, I, it was a great fight. Uh, and, and again, I, I hate to do these kind of things because, in doing so, you kind of take away from the toughness, the determination, and the comeback in, in some ways from Haush Manfio, uh, who who gave gave it his, his all. He had a great performance himself, but he did lose that fight, in my opinion. Um, I had the first two rounds for Clay Collard. I thought Haush won the third round. Um, and if you're looking at mixed martial arts and you typically look at these fights, you would score for, for Clay Collard pretty easily. You know, I thought the first two were clearly... Uh, Clay Collard outstriking Haush at the very end of the second round, which was close. He ended up taking him down, uh, beat him up with some punches, and almost submitted him two or three times with the rear naked choke. That was quite close. And the fact that they gave that second round to Haush, I thought was just a big mistake. And and what was so surprising was that it was 29-28 by all three judges across the board. And to me, it's just, it, it was terrible. Now, if I could give you a little bit of context to Clay Collard's story, here's a guy who comes from a, a large family of brothers. Um, pre, you know, prior to the PFL season, he had lost his youngest brother in a car accident. His uh, youngest brother had, had been, basically went on uh, head on uh, with, with a massive truck and died. Um, he was supposed to come out and join Clay at some point to kind of start training in mixed martial arts and getting things more serious. 
Um, and Clay took that call and, and, and had horrible news, learned from his brother that he, his youngest had died. And um, it, it was just, just tragic. And, and you think about you're getting ready for the biggest year of your professional career as a mixed martial artist. And you get that kind of news. And, you know, obviously with with, with my story and my family, I could, you know, relate to that, having lost the youngest brother. And he had refocused his whole career over the last three years, you know, really taking it seriously. He, he is very candid. He said, like, listen, I was screwing around. I was partying. I was doing things I wasn't supposed to do. Last three years, I've dedicated myself so, so much to this. Um, and, and he goes out there. He beats Anthony Pettis, like dominates Anthony Pettis. He goes out there and beats Joelton Luderbach, who didn't even make weight. Uh, and then he goes out there and beats Haush Manfio yeah. and doesn't get the decision, man. And there's a million dollars on the line. This is obviously something that could change his life. I had him. He went from a fifteen thousand dollar underdog to start this, right? If you bet a hundred dollars, you would win fifteen thousand. If he would win before any fight happened, now he ended up becoming like a favorite heading into this semifinal. He loses in, in, in a bad decision, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, bad judging rears its ugly head again, man. So verdict: MMA, the global scorecard, all over Clay Collard in rounds one and two. Oh, man. So his next fight would have been for a million bucks. Do I have that right? Oh, yes. man. I don't yes. even know what to say about all that. Yeah. Um, it's tough, that is man. massively disappointing. Uh, and if you're the other guy, it's got to be weird as well. Not unlike Aljo winning the belt a little bit, you know, it's like, eh, you know. Yeah. Um, but you right. move on, you fight for a mill. Uh, so Kayla Harrison is fighting this weekend. Uh, are you coming back to South Florida? I am. I am. I'm uh, leaving in a couple days. I'll be there for a few days, dude. And, um, yeah, and then I, I I come back to Charlotte and then head back out to Vegas for for BattleBots. So I got a, I got a crazy month. Uh, right, we're gonna be uh, yeah. ships passing in the night. I might see you this yes. week in South Florida, but the August twenty seventh right PFL show you will miss. Um, but we will be watching uh, Kayla Harrison uh, this weekend. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to get to uh, a couple of big fight odds coming up. Edson Barboza and Giga Chikadze are fighting. Next weekend, Good it's fight. a pick 'em fight right now, minus 110 on both sides. I mean, Giga wildly deserving, obviously, of the main event. I got to think Edson's had a main event before, um, right? But what a fight! Has Edson had a main That's event? Great. He had, I, I think so. Did, did he fight? Was it Kevin Lee in a main event? That's or right. no, yeah, Is that a main in, event in Brasilia. That sounds about right. Right, he might have had another COVID, one. maybe March 14th, 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he could have had another one. Yeah, certainly but, um, when he fought Tony Ferguson, it felt like a main event, but I don't believe it right. was. Yes, Barboza right. over Kevin Lee, round five TKO. Good on you. Oh, that was April 21st, 2018, not right before COVID. Uh, that was like Maya Burns or something. Anyway, um, Barboza Chikadze is August 28th, Kenfo. That's a pick em fight according to Las Vegas. Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler looks like November. Any idea who's favored there, Kenfo? Dude, I would say I would be leaning towards uh, Gaethje. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Dominic Cruz and others don't believe in ring rust. I don't know that uh, inactivity has been factored into the price necessarily. Right now, Gaethje's minus 170. Michael Chandler is plus 150. Um, okay. In, in Ganu, Gan has held steady since we talked about that last week. Minus 115 for Francis, uh, minus 105 for, uh, for Seattle Gan. And then the last one I have for you today, huh. excuse me. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, Brian T. City Ortega, fastly approaching next month. Who do you have there? I don't need a pick. Who do you think's favored? Uh, favored? 
I would say maybe Ortega's favorite. Volkanovski minus 180, Brian Ortega plus 155. Okay, that's who I would be leading to, but I figured yeah. uh, maybe the odds makers would like Ortega there. And Cody says Barboza Lee was the day after 420, of course, Anik doesn't remember. All <laughs> right, yeah, I mean, hey, man, you know, I went on Remember the Show this week, and had it skewed more towards trivia, Ken Flo, I would have lost, but... uh I did beat Platinum Mike Perry to represent the Anakin Florian podcast. There we go. There Let's go. Yeah. I mean, I had to go, go. Get a win. I'm curious who they're going to have you go against. I was thinking you should go against Faraz Sahabi. I thought that would be <laughs> Oh, man. No, I, I need someone less smart. You know, I need to look good. Come on. All right. A couple questions from our listeners before we get to Ray Longo. This one from Justin Gibbons. Hashtag Ask Ken Flo. Do you think the amount of video games Max Holloway plays could be a new form of training in MMA for reaction time and strategy type thinking? Hey, man. <laughs> He's asking you, so how do you feel about that? Listen, I'm not really a gamer, so you're you're asking the worst possible person. So I would immediately say no. Um, I think it's just Holloway's time in the gym, but I don't know. Maybe there's something to it, the whole like hand-eye coordination and move. I I don't know. I I suck at video games, so maybe that says something about me. Who knows? All I know is that he's coming off the greatest singular performance in UFC history that is uh, immortalized right behind me. So he's doing something right. Um, next one from Bain MMA. What advice would you give young broadcasters, whether that be play-by-play or color or even analyst desk work? Ken Flo, I mean, there's so much, right? Now we're sort of old, right? We're old men, mm-hmm. so I guess we, uh, we can give out advice. I mean, I have always said you got to be ready when your opportunities present themselves because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when I showed up at ESPN Radio, you know, I'm driving from Watertown, Mass to Bristol, thinking it's like a job interview. The next thing you know, I'm doing the 4.20 p.m. Eastern update on oh. national sports radio. And you either can hang or you can't. So, um, sure. you know, thankfully, I was in the right frame of mind to uh, to get the job. But I don't know. I always say be ready for your opportunities. And, uh, you know, when we started this podcast, there were probably 25 people listening, but we were doing it for the content and we were really focused on to this day, we're focused on the content, but it wasn't really so much about how many people were liking or listening what we were putting out as long as we believed in the content. Sure. I, I would say this, and you know, uh, for, for people who don't know that about John, and I'm kind of the same way, especially in regards to combat sports, is consumption. Like, John consumes an insane amount of sports, and he's been watching sports forever. Um, I'm not as big of a sports guy, but I watch a lot of combat sports, and, you know, I, I think that obviously helps it is just like seeing how other people do it seeing how you would do it and, and getting that information and watching and almost practicing as you're as you're watching i think can go a long way so getting those reps consuming a lot and uh you know bringing that passion uh every single day i think is huge man. one thing i've worked hard on is trying to be sort of shorter of wind to try to get my why slash how question out there as mm. quickly as humanly possible uh, and it's an ongoing evolution, right? Um, as a lot of people have said on the play-by-play side, we, we've never had a perfect show. Maybe there are guys out there that have, um, not me. Uh, all right, long going 60 seconds, but for a lot of professional athletes, fighters, podcast hosts, one of the biggest challenges out there is to build and monetize your own brand. I think for a lot of people to set up an e-commerce store or website uh, with all the accompanying logistics, it's just a hassle. It, it doesn't make sense in their lives. That is where Millions comes in. This is truly a next-level e-commerce platform at a company I believe in to such an extent, as you know, that I signed up myself. I have my own page on Millions. And regardless of your walk of life, whether you're an amateur athlete, professional, public figure of any kind, perhaps you just have a podcast like this. 
the millions.co platform allows you to build a merchandise line. You can have design help if you need it. You can start selling merchandise online right away. My One More Sleep t-shirts, hats, hoodies were on the page within hours once the final design was done and approved. You can also get paid for other things, simple shout outs or more longer form Ask Me Anything videos. We could even run our own Anakin Florian podcast live watch party right there on millions.co. And it's all completely free to sign up, free to sign up. My profile is live right now. KenFlow fans still asking about those I Finish Fights t-shirts. Hopefully he's on it. You can take that up with him at Kenny Florian. But if you are an MMA fan, and I know most of you listening and watching are, I would encourage you right now, go to millions.co. They are also on Instagram. Check it out. Use the AMA shout-out feature or just pick up some merchandise. If your favorite fighter is not on there yet, tag them on Instagram and let them know that's millions.co. And, of course, we shout-out the entire team at Millions. These people work hard, uh, and we thank them all for sponsoring this week's episode of the Anik and Florian podcast. Costs a lot of money to sponsor the Ray Longo Minute. That's why it is not presented by... uh, Let's get to RPL. Now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. Starring Ray Longo. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. (laughs) Hey. Uh, What's What's this stuff I'm reading on my heel now? (laughs) <laughs> so uh i don't well, want to be the we heel we were soliciting well i think i think uh most people if they had to say somebody on this show was a heel they would probably say that i have been the heel but all of a sudden at episode 305 you just started uh, getting after it. I don't know if you're putting, you know, a little, little proper 12 Irish whiskey in your cold brew in the morning or what, but you started coming <laughs> at me pretty good. And I like it, right? Like, I don't know. My whole life is brothers and going at each other. So I've been pleasantly surprised by the, uh, the banter the last few weeks with your aggression. I just, man, I'm just looking for ratings, man. Like, can we, can we, right. boot, can we, right. can we sign up with millions.com? Can we, uh, uh, can we get some rating? Can we do anything? Hello. Well, I think uh, you should probably take your Ray Longo Minute merchandise to millions.co. Cody's going to kill me. But uh, why don't you just take all your merchandise over there? Then you get 80% no, instead no, no, of whatever no, 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 we're no. giving you. We like it. We like it at Anakin Florian yeah. Podcast. Yeah, Anik, really. We like it. Uh, I, Kenny really loves it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> telling you. I've, I've been swimming. I've been swimming oh, in money yeah. like. Like Scrooge it, McDuck. It's yeah, great. Can you put a couple of bonds away for your kids, please. Stop thinking about yourself. Uh, so is that the same shirt you were wearing oh in the God. corner on Friday night? That, that is. Yeah. Shirt? It I is, just, isn't it? Wow, you are really. that. You're sick. I, you might be actually sick. Is that the same shirt? It is, right? It is the same shirt. I picked it right up off the floor as I was coming downstairs. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> oh, here's a shirt. My yeah. stinky old shirt, but thank well, no. you for everybody know. Well, because I see Matt Frivola in the corner of one of these athletes, and we'll get to Steve Lee, by the way, choking a dude oh, out yeah. in amateur combat over the weekend. But I see Matt Frivola, Kentla, wearing a Kimura Savage t-shirt representing Matt Sarah, Sarah. you know? Yeah. And I don't know if this guy's got, like, comedy on one shoulder and tragedy on the other, or what the hell you're wearing, but, like, would it kill you? To wear an Anakin Florian podcast T-shirt in the octagon one of these days, or in the cage. I mean, would it kill you to send me one? I don't think <laughs> I have one. Cody, oh my god, does he not have any merchandise? Is that really where we're at? Um, because nothing would make us happier than to see you repping loud and proud on the big yeah, stage. I'm, I'm repping next time. I'm right. repping. That's all. Come I'm on, Ray, my kids, kids need a trust fund. Please wear the shirt. I'm Please. Rep- Come on. definitely repping. 
Help, help me right. out. It looks like six total shirts have been sent. Two more last week, four in the previous shipment. So we'll have to get to the bottom of that. But we got other things that uh, that we need to get to today. So Steve Lee, longtime staple of Team Sarah Longo and in your gym there in Garden City, New York, uh, had an amateur fight several weeks ago, was on the wrong end of the scorecard, somewhat controversially. And uh, as I understand it, he kept the judges out of the, the equation this weekend, forcing a tap with, uh, with that Ken Flo patented rear naked choke. Let me tell you, beautiful jujitsu. Uh, yeah, he jumped right back in there after that, that loss, which uh, I think, you know, it's not easy to do. And, man, he took it out of the hands of the judges. Great performance. Just a well-rounded kid. Uh, got a good head on his shoulders, and I think uh, everybody was just so happy for him. Awesome. Yeah, that's good stuff. I don't yeah. think I want to fight that dude anymore. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Were you you're supposed to fight him? No, 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 no. Just same weight class. We're both sort of budding right. amateur MMA fighters. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dog is out this week. Because I tell you, he could use another W on his record. So, <laughs> so um... he them up and he pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I tell him if you needed that, well, at this point, right, he doesn't need me. You know, he's choking out guys that actually train. But if we did have a, if we did need a W, can we count on you to fill in? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. As as a promoter, that's important. Oh man, this is great. How about that rolling in the video? That was what I wanted to do. Now me and Kenny can break down some fights. Look as he's choking him, the blood is coming out of this guy's face. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Let's go, Steve Lee. All over the place. And there's that beautiful Kimura Savage uh, T-shirt. Wow. Uh, well, yeah, I'm definitely, I, I blew that. I blew that. <laughs> so um, I have a few other things I want to get to with you. So Chris Weidman has undergone a second uh, procedure on his leg. And um, Dr. David Abassi, who is sort of an emerging force in this MMA space uh, in terms of his MMA breakdowns, you know, he spoke to the rarity of this type of procedure. Um having to get, you know, the fibula like double bolted or whatever uh, is going on there. Um, You know, he seems to be of a good spirit trying to document this stuff, starting his podcast and whatever else. But needless to say, pretty, uh, pretty tough summer and tough last four months for Weidman. Yeah, I mean, uh, we I texted late last night, but uh, I'm going to have to call him this week. I really haven't spoke to him. The, The last conversation, believe it or not, was I didn't think he was getting the surgery. And then the next day, I think he announced he was getting the surgery. So I think there were opinions on both sides not to right. do it, to do it. And I guess he chose to go with the opinion of, uh, you know, get the surgery done. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, it that's, seemed to me, and I'm no doctor, that if he didn't want to fight, maybe he wouldn't have gone through with this. But obviously these are uh, – his means by which to get back in the octagon and what a, what an event it's going to be. But, uh, man, I just feel for him, especially when I see a doctor come on and say, man, they had to do that, you know, trying to say yeah, that yeah. in the nicest terms he can. But, man, they really had to go do that. It's like, damn, you know. Yeah, but when I tell you, when he goes, he goes big. Yeah. That's it, you know. So uh, I was letting DC know about Marab in this wrestling tournament. So basically, what, there's this wrestling invitational tournament that Aljamain Sterling and Marab Dwalish Willie entered. What is it at Rut- Rutgers University? Yeah, is that right? Steve, and Steve Lee and Steve Anthony Lemmy. Yeah. Who, and, also, who also fought the other night and came out on the wrong end of a decision, which, you know, it was one of those, you know, that that's a, just another good point for the judges, Kenny. If you're holding me against the cage, 
let's just let me start off with this. If you're holding me against the cage and nobody's doing anything, you're just holding me there. Who who's winning that if it goes on for like 45 seconds? Right. You know, that's it, the problem. And sometimes when your back's to the cage, they, they automatically have you losing. But if we were clinched in the center of the octagon and nobody was doing anything, it's just, just a, a wash. It's a 50-50. So right. I think that yeah. was kind of the theme of the fight. So anyway, so I uh I brought up the uh the Rutgers University tournament with Marab cutting weight actually to avoid Aljo and then winning the whole goddamn thing. But Aljo is back wrestling. I mean, is Aljo 10 weeks out from title defense number one? Is that what's happening in Abu Dhabi? Yeah, that's what's happening. Are you going? I uh, should be going, yeah. Yeah, what it should be. So no flight yet, but it's imminent, huh? <laughs> oh, no, no, I have no flight yet. All right. Sure. So uh, I did well, not think I was going, but I am going. I'm going to Abu Dhabi. Wow. So, um, yeah, wouldn't miss it for the world. I don't know if it's going to be like Fight Island bells and whistles, though. I don't know if we're staying at the W Hotel Yaz Island. And I don't know how restrictive it's going to be in terms of the quarantine. But uh, well, I think that that's the issue now, too, with everything, because even with the garden fight, uh, the restrictions in New York, we don't have them on Long Island, but in New York, they're, uh, they're really not even letting you into the garden to watch a fight without, with a vaccination card. So I'm unvaccinated. So that's going to be a problem. I'm going to have to go get vaccinated hopefully this week. So you, you would get vaccinated in order to, to, to be at Madison square garden is what you're saying. I would, you know, have, so look, so we had a kid, Justin Montalvo fought was supposed to fight in Bellator. Right. I had to go up earlier to get tested. And then his guy didn't make weight. He missed weight by six pounds or seven pounds. So they canceled the fight. And, uh, you know, basically I blew two days. You know what I mean? If I was vaccinated, right. I would have been right. Thursday night or Friday morning. And, right. you know, again, so it's it's just become to me, it's I, I want first of all, I want to be protected. And second of all, it's just an inconvenience, though. You can't, you know, I don't want to go to places a week early if I don't have to, especially right. this time because I'm, you know, I'm busy. Right. Well, I am going to come to uh, to Longo Weidman MMA because I think I'm going to go straight from Abu Dhabi to New York City. So I'm going to be in New York for right. uh, for an extra few days. So uh, come and out to I, Garden City. What's that? If I fly, I'm flying out of JFK, too. All right. Maybe we'll fly together, you know. All right. Good. Well, Wear good. your uh, Anakin Florian podcast shirt to the airport. All right. I got a couple <laughs> other things to throw your way. You know what? Listen, I, I, look, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to a reminder. Well, people- you know, I'm wearing my Veracity Media Group t-shirt. And yeah. you notice when I wear these, Cody's always repurposing the photos of me and my VMG t-shirt. So <laughs> um, hey, I want to get to this tweet here because I wanted to save it for when Ray was here. At Greg Duncan, Kenny, is it even possible to describe the nerves of fight week to a non-fighter? If so, how would you do it? Or is it so extreme that there's nothing a non-fighter can compare it to? Now, you've done high-profile television. I'd imagine you had high-profile soccer games at Boston College, but... Is there any point of comparison for walking to the the octagon to fight somebody like BJ Penn? Uh, there's zero. No, I, I mean, listen, I, I think uh, it depends because it, it changed over the course of my career as well. Like early on, like, you know, I, I was scared shitless. Uh, as I as I moved through my career, it was like, eh, I feel pretty calm. Or So I, I think um, over time you get more used to it right um i think uh, in many ways uh fear is the language of the inexperienced and um over time i i, I you, you get more comfortable with it no matter how crazy it is you know it, it becomes kind of a, another day eventually um but i think um you know I, as far as 
comparing it to competing in soccer, playing soccer or a big game or whatever. Yeah, it's totally different. Uh, you know, it, it really is. <laughs> hey, hey, Ray, um, do you remember the most nervous you were uh, either as an athlete or coach in your boxing days? Or uh, do you remember when the nerves either got the better of you or when you really felt them and maybe were able to channel them in the right way? Uh, man, I, it's been, that's, first of all, that's been years. And uh, second of all, I mean, just, I can tell you, as a coach, the first Weidman-Anderson Silva fight, I think I told you the story. I mean, I, 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 I was confident, but I definitely was, was really ner- more nervous than, than normal because I get nervous for everything. So uh, I, I get more worried. It's like the old saying, I get more worried when I'm not nervous. Some guys right. I have total confidence in, so it's not, I really don't get nervous like that bad. But with Chris that time, it was such the magnitude of that fight was so big. And, you know, just the day before, I remember Danaher going, you know, how you doing? I said, no, no, good. He goes, no, no, I know you're worried because if it goes south, it's going to go south, like, in the worst way. Like, it's a highlight reel. And I'm like, nah, that's not what I'm thinking. But, you, I mean, like, I think he made it worse. Like, right. he goes, but I understood, you know, his point was that Anderson, you know, he can make you look stupid, right? So if it does go south, it's not like, you know, you lose a, a, a war in a decision at that time. So, right, right. But that time was, that was just weird. You just got to keep focusing on what you didn't believe in and, and really believe in it. And you can only do what you could do. And you just have to, you know, be your best self on that given day. And that's what I, I try to focus on as a coach. And, you know, all the dad growing up playing baseball and stuff like that, it was, even if I was the last guy up, you know, I, you never wanted to be that guy. But when you were that guy, you just, luckily for me and most of the times always worked out really good yeah i mean i certainly had more nerves as an athlete than i've had as a as a broadcaster not that you're asking me i remember getting super nervous before high school basketball games and whenever it was my turn at bat as a you know baseball player that was always uh super nerve-wracking but i do think like with all of our different skill sets and the things that are required of the three of us in broadcasting and otherwise, like when I go to MC a weigh in, in front of, you know, 10,000 people, that's a sort of different skill set. And so maybe I'm like hoping my voice will not abandon me, you know, halfway through when I'm trying to light up an arena It's much different than just doing a, a telecast. So, uh, all right. A couple other things, Ray, before we let you go, unless you, yeah, have something you wanted to add. Yeah. On. And that stuff is always different for everybody. No matter what you do, you want to do it right. You don't want to, you know, you want to like, again, you want to be your best. That's why some I did like dabbling in the acting because I was shitting in my pants when they can, you know, like it's right. something new. Mm-hmm. So you, I, I do think everybody needs to do things like that just to keep them on edge, because I think that means, you know, that, you know, you're alive. So Harry Connick likes the lasagna, right? Was there that you go. <laughs> See, my voice just cracked there when I tried to go to that next level. All right, this weekend, Jared Cannonier, Kelvin Gastelum, live on the ESPN family of networks in the middleweight division, Ray. Who do you think is favored? And ultimately, who do you think wins the main event? Uh, that's a good uh, – I'm going to say Cannonier is the favorite. Correct. You got a pretty good pulse as to uh, – Yeah. Um, who wins that fight? Man, I like I, you know, I, we're going back to you know, like I bet I, I like Kelvin a lot, so yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Kelvin, but I think that's a really tough fight. I think back in the day it would have been a better fight for Kelvin. I think he's struggling a little bit now, but uh, Cannonier man hits like a mule. I don't know. Yeah. I'll I'll go with Kelvin on that. 
All right, we'll get Ken Flo's prediction coming up shortly uh, in the main event challenge. Of the tens of thousands of people, Ray, that listen to this show, do you think any of them would be driving around listening to this week's episode and thinking, Ray seems a little melancholy today, or no? Uh, I don't know, but if they did, they'd be very intuitive. All right. <laughs> oh. Is that well, what you're feeling? Well, I mean, we appreciate you answering the call, but, um, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Last I- week. Last week, uh, you, uh, you know, if looks could kill and this week, you just seem a little bit subdued. I just kind of, that's my offhanded way of making sure everything's okay. Yeah. Well, everything's, everything's okay. But I I, I don't like the heel comments. I'm trying to just be uh, (laughs) boring. I just want to be boring now. No, I was just having fun with you. Of course. Um, because I love when I said to Cody about six months ago, like, dude, one of these guys needs to start coming at me, you know? Um, like, cause I like when people make fun of me, you know, every time my twin brother calls me, he's talking shit every time, you know, he has nothing. Like nice to used to wait. Yeah. So it's like I like Sunday, that. It's like a Sunday dinner at an Italian household. Yeah, exactly. You just torture everybody, exactly. anybody, anybody near you is yeah. not getting out of there alive. Yeah. Um, I mean, like one time I decided to dress up as a clown for my daughter's birthday party because she wanted me to do it. And like my brothers have ne- never let me hear the end of it. They think that I wanted to do it. And it was like my idea. You know? uh, all right, Ray. Anything else before we let you fly? Congratulate uh, Steve Lee for us. I think that's it. But um, all right. Well, uh, I'll be I'll be better next week. All right. I'm, well, next I'm, week I'll we'll uh, blazing again. All right. Next week, we'll uh, we'll look back at Cannoneer Gastelum, and uh, we'll see what's going on in your life. We'll see if you have an itinerary for Abu Dhabi, and uh, go hit pads or whatever. And a fresh shirt. We need we need Ray with a fresh shirt. You, really, John? How bad is that? How well, bad? Because I that? noticed uh, I noticed Matt Frivola's <laughs> T-shirt, and then I I, I panned over a couple shirt. bodies. I panned over a couple <laughs> bodies, and I saw Longo wearing the shirt. So I happened to notice your shirt, and then of course it's the exact same shirt that you're wearing right now. We appreciate the honesty because so. Ray could have easily said, you know, but this is I washed this. Right, it's fresh uh, out of my closet. Right He's like, no, the, this is on the right it's the on the floor. floor. I picked it right up, put it on. Yeah. I picked it. it up with a collie stick. Huh. I didn't even <laughs> want to touch it. I don't know what yeah, that is. Yeah, one of those. I don't even know what that stick you're talking about is. So. The martial arts weapon, is that what it is? Yes. All right. Yes. Great. Sorry. Fan right, base hates me again. Ray, have a great fucking week, bro. I think. You wearing a mask anywhere these days? Like, I mean, no. you know, I take my daughters to an arcade yesterday that's at a bowling alley, okay? And uh, I try not to talk about COVID-19 here, Ken Flo. We were the only five people in the entire bowling alley wearing masks. Yeah. And does that mean that we shouldn't have gone right? Or like, who are we aligned with exactly the people that don't go to bowling alleys when the numbers are going crazy? Like we got mask right. shamed like crazy. I was wow. like, South, right. Flo- South Florida is like COVIDville USA right now, though. That's it the is. thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know. But Ray, but Ray, are you, are you wearing a mask right now? Or no? Man, no, I'm not. Uh, I haven't been wearing a mask, but yeah. uh, I mean, I did have it. So I do believe I have right. some sort of protection. Right. 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 You do. I mean, so, but I, I, I am planning on getting the vaccination, I think, because yeah. I don't like the inconvenience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like Ken Flo with his haircut, you know? Kenny's <laughs> haircut looks good. I got to get my haircut. I'm looking at this. It was out of control. I was looking like Krusty the Clown. Yeah, I, I, had, to, I had to cut it. <laughs> Remember when Ray grew his hair out to his shoulders during COVID? That was a good idea, huh? That was nice. That I was like glorious. That. Yeah. How long ago was that? I can still smell it, so not that long ago. Right? <laughs> the shirt on my hair. Hi, right. Oh boy. Hey, 
so much love for you. Um, and we appreciate you and, um, we'll, we'll talk to you next Monday. Okay. Take it easy guys. I'll see you. There Thanks, he is. Right. New York's finest Ray Longo in an interesting mood today. His bank account's pretty fat. Speaking of which, your bank account really should work with you, not against you. Chime is an award-winning app and debit card with no hidden fees nor any monthly minimums. Tenflow's all over me, actually, for our monthly minimum fees that we pay. Well, not anymore because of Chime. You earn your money, many of you the hard way. You deserve to keep it. The Chime features in the app are both great. All sorts of benefits like fee-free overdraft on up to $200 in debit purchases. Get your paycheck, benefits, stimulus check, and tax return up to two days early with direct deposit. No monthly minimums. Over 60,000 ATMs at locations like Walgreens, 7-Eleven, CVS, and other spots I know you frequent. That's more than the top three national banks can say combined. And security-wise, you can instantly block your card on the app if something seems fishy. I'm telling you, Chime is changing the way I do my banking. And I would encourage you all, at the very least, to check it out and join the millions of others on Chime. Sign up takes two minutes and does not affect your credit score whatsoever. Apply now at Chime.com slash That's Chime.com slash One word, Anacorian. Chime.com slash Chime is a financial technology company banking services provided by the Bank Corp Bank or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Overdraft only applies to debit card purchases. Limits start at $20 and may be increased up to $200 by Chime. Early direct deposit depends on the payer. Out-of-network cash withdrawal fees apply. Third-party and cash deposit fees may apply. Go to Chime.com slash Anacorian for details. All right, let's make some picks. UFC Fight Night Canada versus Gastelum in the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. Annick. The time is most definitely now. Florian. I finished fights. I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Annick and Kenny Florian podcast. All right, it is time to make some picks as we welcome in Ian Parker on social media at Ian Parker MMA. He also got an amazing haircut. Can you just take your hat off for a second and show the world how handsome you look with a new haircut? Just for a second. Beautiful, man. I mean, that's a great fade. If mine didn't grow so fast, I would actually find your barber in South Florida. You guys look fucking great today, you and Ken. <laughs> actually, uh, my neighbor, he, uh, my, my barber had COVID. So my neighbor, he cuts his kid's hair and 13 and like 11, and I noticed that we had the same haircut. So I was like, hey, can I, uh, he, he sat in my driveway and he, uh, he sells that? perfume for a living. He's not a, he's not a you know, but he, uh, he cuts, he cuts, he gives kids good haircuts. So he gave me a good kid's haircut. So in terms of the virus, I don't know if you just heard what I was saying, but I took my kids to Bolero in East Boca Raton. It used to be strikes. Now it's the new bowling alley. I just want to check it out. We were the only ones in there with masks on. Um, And I'm doing that because my kids aren't vaccinated largely. And I don't know. I mean, like my my wife's best friend uh, (laughs) is vaccinated. Moderna went from New York to Florida, went to Disney World. She's sick as a dog with COVID. Um. So I don't know, like, do you think I'm crazy going to a bowling alley, given where things are in South Florida? Not to put you on the spot, but like. But you're putting me on the spot. Um, You know what? (laughs) Not to put you on the spot, but tell me what you think. Um, Yeah. You know what? We don't, we don't go anywhere. Honestly, here's my whole thing, right? I'm not the one to preach to people how to live their lives, do what you got to do. But when you have, you know, obviously when you have kids, it's a little bit of a different story because they're not vaccinated. You know, one of my good friends from New York just texted me that his five-year-old has COVID. You know, and they went to, I think, a Mets game uh, the other the other day. So for me, you know, if you're going to go somewhere, I, I wouldn't shame you if you wore the mask. I know there's a lot of people on here that don't believe, believe. That's why I'm not like the most political. Just what yeah. we're dealing with in South Florida, the numbers are insane. I mean, dude, you're in Palm Beach County. 
the news just came out that there was like four teachers that died. I know. But like, you know, and there was 400 cases on the first day that school opened up. You know, for me, the whole thing is just really with the kids at this point. You know, a year ago, it's funny. We, we are worse now than we were a year ago. Our state alone, Kenny, like literally. You know, aren't you happy you were here working a few days ago? I know. Um, wow. Come on back, Kemflo. We'll see you Wednesday. They put him in a glass case and they roll him down the street yeah. so no one could touch him. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird situation right now. For me, it's just about the kids. So I was freaking out off the top of the show because I thought PFL flew in a barber for you guys. I thought it was Ken Flo in his hotel room getting a haircut. I'm like, this is unbelievable. It was you Keith know. Peterson. Kenny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Keith came up to Kenny and goes, Kenny, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. But uh, <laughs> that's pretty good, right? Yeah. No, I, uh, listen, um, with the, when it comes to the PFL, man, they're, they're very careful with everybody. I'll, I'll give them that. I don't think there's been one person that's been there that tested positive and bailed out or the fights were canceled at all yeah. the whole season. So yeah. I'll give them, you know, that was, you know. See, it's interesting. Like I have the option to get tested when I show up on Thursday in Vegas this week, but because I'm vaccinated, I don't have to get tested. And it's sort of like if I'm asymptomatic and I have COVID and I test positive, I can't do my job and I have to drive from Vegas to South Florida. So, you know. So it's like a selfishly, don't, 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 selfishly, don't, don't tell. I'm not incentivized to go get tested, but um, I don't know. Um, that sounds right. very healthy. <laughs> UFC 265 results. Team Florian wins the week 6-2. Ken Flo's showing a little life. Still a 16-point deficit, 91-75, to but still 15 UFC live events to go. And we come up on UFC Fight Night. Canadier versus Gastelum. First fight for us, IP. will lead with you in the flyweight division. Third-ranked Alessandre Pantoja, minus 165. Number six, Brandon Royval, plus 145. IP, who do you have? I like Pantoja here. His last fight showed the growth and, you know, coming back off a bad loss. I think Roy Val is a very talented fighter. He's a little helter-skelter, a little crazy in the exchanges. I just think Pantoja is way better in the striking. He's just precise. He's more technical. And on the ground, he's fantastic. I don't think Roy Val, where he's put himself in compromising positions in other fights, where he's been able to bounce back and get the sub or stand up, if you make a mistake with Pantoja on the ground, you're going to sleep. So I'm going to go with Pantoja here. Canflo Pantoja coming off a decision win over Manel Cop back in February. He hasn't fought for the belt, so if he strings together a win here, maybe one more, perhaps he would be the guy. On the other side, Brandon Royval, as many of you know, underwent arm surgery after the injury sustained in the fight with now champion Brandon Moreno. That was last November. Uh, what do you think about Royval in the return here as an underdog against Pantoja? Yeah, you know, listen, I think uh, Ian did a good job of breaking it down. I, uh, I'm i a fan of Royville. I, I think that he has a, a lot of very interesting skills. He's aggressive. He's a finisher. He loves to scrap. Um, and he's got a shot here. I just think he's about a year away from fighting and beating a guy like Pantoja. So um, I would like to see him have more experience, you know, and again, coming off that surgery, I, I don't love that uh, Pantoja for me. It's just a little bit more consistent um, and makes less mistakes. So I like Pantoja here as well. All right. Next up, Phil, is it lightweight uh, pick em fight, at least according to the odds right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. Vince from Hell, Pichelle, minus 110. Austin, Thud, Hubbard, minus 110 as well. Pichelle. Six and two in the UFC, um, but he has more years on the roster than he does UFC fights because of just myriad injuries. And remarkably, he's trying to make it seven wins in his last eight. People don't think of Vince Pichel sort of in that ilk, right? But trying to go to seven and one over his last eight here against Austin Hubbard. Uh, Ken Flo, Austin Hubbard also on a winning streak and a really good fighter in his own right. 
What do you think about this one at 155? You know, these are two guys that are aggressive, that are good grapplers. To me, I feel like it's going to come down to who can land more takedowns or who can be more effective with their wrestling. Um, and unfortunately, I don't have the best answer who that's going to be. I, I'm leaning more towards Vince Pichel. I, I think that um, he has a little bit more high-level experience. He, he's fought tougher guys. Um, it's not a confident pick, but I'm going with Vince Pichel. I, I think um, I think he's going to find a way to edge it out. But uh, either way, it should be a fantastic fight between two guys um, who are aggressive, uh, who both can get it done on the feet and on the ground. But uh, I like Vince here. Vince is a really good dude. I met him filming the Ultimate Fighter Live back in 2012. It's crazy to think it was almost 10 years ago. Um, but only loss for Pichel, Ian, dating to his UFC debut against Rustam Khabalov, was by submission to Gregor Gillespie. Otherwise, he has handled a lot of these challenges. He's been in an underdog role for many of them. Uh, pick him here against Austin Hubbard. How do you see it playing out? <sighs> I think Kenny made a good point, you know, and the funny part about this, is I don't think either guy is going to use their wrestling with this. And and if wrestling is canceled out, I think Pichel is the better striker. I think he also carries way more power. And yeah, I mean, I think he's also fought stronger guys than Hubbard has, you know, Hubbard is definitely, I want to say, um, succeeded past certain expectations in the first couple of fights. And I think it was one or two fights ago. Everyone had him as a huge underdog and he, and he won, he, he came back in one of those fights. I think Pichel just might be a little too much to handle, especially against the cage also. He throws some heavy bombs. He knows how to really control the position. So I'm going to go with Pichel as well. Huh. See, Pichel as well. I like that from Hell Pichel as well. See, must think, Kenny must think his hair looks good, right? Now that I think about it, because he wore his Anakin Florian dad cap the last four episodes. You don't wear a hat. Like Ian and I wear a hat every episode, regardless of whether we got our hair cut, I shaved on, you know? Right, exactly. But Obviously, you're. I mean, you're not I wearing. Had you guys... up, I had to cover up that horrible mop I had. I mean, it's just like look. And now horrible. showing the world how you know. I'm telling you, I my daughter likes hair. when I style my hair. She always said, "Daddy, style your hair, style yeah. your hair." Yeah, yeah. So I'm just. I'm chasing my son around with the buzzer. He's like already traumatized at three years old. <laughs> you know. Um, all right, heavyweight fight here. Chase Sherman minus one eighty. Parker Porter plus one fifty five. Sherman making the third start of this second UFC stint against the product of Weha, West Hartford, Connecticut, not far from ESPN headquarters there in Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, Porter coming off a win over Josh Parisian last November. Ian Parker, Chase Sherman, Parker Porter, who do you like? There will be no ground game involved until someone falls asleep, until one of those big old bodies hits the floor and you see a lot of ground shaking as much as I would love to pick Parker Porter because I love that name and I love the way he fights Chase Sherman's just such an, a really solid technical boxer for me I think also the way he gets inside and he hits to the body and there's a lot of body to hit on Parker Porter I mean, there's a lot to hit there and you know he's gonna have the range he also has a great jab you know I think Porter is just he relies a lot on his toughness and on his counter striking but he doesn't throw a lot and Sherman has a lot of volume with his strikes so I'm gonna go with Chase Sherman here nicely done there Ken Flo uh I guess we need a pick from you, Chase Sherman, Parker Porter. Sherman, about a two-to-one favorite. Yeah, listen, I think it's going to come down to who the better striker is, who the more technical striker is. And if you're looking at that fight, I think the clear answer is Chase Sherman. Um, I, I think not only is he more technical, I think he probably carries more power in his punches as well. So Sherman just has more firepower. I think that's what this fight is going to come down to. Uh, Chase wins this fight. All right, co-main event. 
at 155 pounds. Mark O. Madsen, minus 160. Clay Guida, plus 140. We'll need the round, the method of victory. So, Ian, a little background real quick. I know you know this stuff, but Madsen, 10-0 as a pro. He's 2-0 in the UFC. Olympic silver medal in Greco-Roman wrestling in 2016 in Rio de Janeiro. He's 36 years old. Clay Guida on the other side turns 40 in December. This will be his 54th pro fight, 31st in the octagon. Uh, he beat Michael Johnson on points back in February to halt the two-fight skid. Co-main event goes which way, IP? You know, I'd love, I'd love to see Guida get a win here. I feel like he just deserves to, you know, this ride. You know, beating Michael Johnson, no one thought he was going to do that. You know, and but the Michael Johnson pulled a Michael Johnson. Um, man, I think Madsen's wrestling. It just might be to be the one of the few people that are going to Guido won't be able to out wrestle here and out, you know, hustle against the cage. My only concern for Madsen is he's never fought a guy with a gas tank like Guido. He just, I mean, literally doesn't slow down, doesn't stop. Madsen's striking is not necessarily there yet either. This may be the first fight where Guido has better technical striking than somebody. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's true. Um, it's just, it's very hard for me to go against someone with this type of level of experience in Greco-Roman. Where Guida, you know, against the cage, when he does get taken down, usually it's from underhooks and sometimes towards the hips. So I'm going to go with Madsen here. I'm not overly confident in this pick, but if he gets it done, it will be by decision. All right. So there's going to come a point in time in the history of this podcast, if it continues, where we're not going to be able to say, oh, this dude fought Kenny Florian, right? Like, because Jose Aldo eventually is going to retire. But Clay Guida fought Kenny Florian. He fight Parker Porter. Right. No, yeah. He did not. So uh, Kenny fought Clay Guida, if you don't know, if you're one of our younger fans um, who wasn't watching in December yes. of 2009. Kenny fought Clay Guida at UFC 107, basically brutalized the man, right? Effectively changed his face forever with his strikes and then choked him almost unconscious, right? Um, sorry. Oh, it's right behind him. See, he just put his head down. It's actually, there's a picture of Kenny choking out Clay right behind him. Um, Kenny, uh, yeah. what do you think about Guida here, plus 140 against? We love Clay. He can take it. Man, How, it's crazy. Uh, well, well, that's the thing, man. It's it's wild. You know, Clay is such a stud in that he continues to fight and fight tough guys. You know, that, that fight behind me, that happened in 2009. He was fighting several years before that. He's been fighting forever, and he's been pretty damn busy as a fighter as well. So uh, it's amazing what he has done. But um, I do think um, Clay is at his best when he's able to out-wrestle uh, his opponents, as Ian said. And um, I, I do think he could surprise Mark on, on the feet. Um, I, I think his unorthodox style um, could throw off a lot of people. Um, there's no rhythm to what he does. Uh, and if you're not experienced, um, and if you decided to strike with him, you, you'll be in trouble. Um, but Mark uh, O'Madson is going to do what he does best, and that's get to a clinch and throw people on their heads. And I think that um, he will have a huge wrestling advantage over Clay, who does come from wrestling background, uh, but not all wrestling backgrounds are created equal. This Ooh, is a silver like medalist that. in the Olympics, um, and uh, there's just not a whole lot of those out there. So um, I like Matson here as well. Uh, can't go the other way. I think Matson gets it done here. That should, be Ken, dude, that should be Ken Flo's new merch. Not yeah. all created equal. I like that. Yeah. Good. Yeah, let's um let's go with uh let's go with second round TK. How about that? Marco wow. Madsen to get Clay Guida out of there. Via head dump. 
And by the way, I know yeah. people think I'm a Ken Flo apologist. Like if, if Guida and Ken Flo fought right now in 2021, I favor Clay. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, there you have it. If Clay's listening, it's I like, it. I think you beat Ken Flo right now. I mean, Kenny retired <laughs> 10 years ago, but all right. Main event. Ian's just looking at me like you used to be funny. All right. Number three versus number nine in the UFC's middleweight division. Can't win all, Jared Cannonier minus 150. Kelvin Gastelum plus 130. So Cannonier back for the first time since a brutal loss physically and otherwise to Robert Whitaker last October at UFC 254. So just the second fight in the last 23 months for Jared Cannonier. Gastelum on the other side, uh, still on a mission for UFC gold, but he also came up short against Bob Whitaker in what was a five-round main event April 17th of this year. And that was a short notice, quick turn for Gastelum. He had the win over Ian Heinish two months prior. And once again, KG stepping up here, once again stepping in for Paolo Costa and draws Cannoneer. Ken Flo trailing. You will lead us on the main event. Cannoneer the favorite, Gastelum the dog. Who wins and how do they get it done? Yeah, but both guys coming off the losses to Robert Whitaker, I think, right? And, and uh, yeah, just um, unbelievable. Um, you know, for, for both these guys, this is a really interesting fight. You know, um, I, I think for Gastelum, uh, he is trying to stay relevant, uh, more than relevant in this division here. Uh, and he's facing a guy in Cannoneer um, who is extremely dangerous. Um, I think the question here is, it's pretty simple. Can Cannoneer keep it on the feet? Can he stop the takedown attempts from Kelvin Gastelum? Um, I think Kelvin um, is still going to be very tough. I think he's tough to take out. Um, but if there's one guy who can maybe get him out of there with a shot, it's Cannoneer. He has a tremendous amount of power. He, he looks phenomenal at 185 pounds. Um, and I, I think that Kelvin has a tendency of when he strikes of just trading. It's one thing to be a technical striker like Israel Adesanya to get in and get out and be slick and and get in and, and, and not eat shots. But Kelvin will land shots, but when he does, he does get hit. And that's what concerns me here. Um, so it, it should be a direct path for him uh, to, to try to take him down and, and control him and look for a submission. I think Kelvin can certainly do that. But um, it concerns me that he likes to trade. And because of that, I'm going to go with Cannoneer. Uh, I think that um, he gets it done. Uh, let's go with um, uh, let's go with a third-round uh, TKL for Cannoneer. And that would mean I would make my red-eye. Ian Parker, how do you see the main event playing out? I just want to address the Kenny Florian versus Clay Guida rematch. Uh, John, at what weight are we talking here? Because Kenny's not going 55 or 45 these days. I think if this fight was at the well, – hold on, to be fair, Kenny started off in the UFC at middleweight, um, even though he probably should have fought at 45 during Ultimate Fighter Season 1. So if Guida's willing to go up to – let's be generous here to Kenny at the moment – 85 – because he, he looked forty five. I was tipping the scales. I was tipping the scales at two hundred this year, by the way. So I am one eighty five now. So he is a yeah. be, listen beefy Kenny Florian against fifty five Guida. Can't, look at that. Let's well, go. I mean, he could have stepped, stepped in this week on the undercard for PFL. I swear to God, he could have. Can make seventy. So if if Guida Maybe. wanted to fight at seventy, but any, I mean, I guess that Florian right. could host a celebrity uh, boxing thing, you know, and down the line, down the line. Hey, uh, what do you think about Kelvin Gastelum's chances here? Obviously, this is a I don't big like him. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I don't like, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Finish, finish your thing. You're, you're better no, it's just he's obviously 
taking advantage to whatever degree of these openings, right? And part of the reason why he is stepping in, even if his head coach or his manager doesn't think it's the most winnable fight on the most Mm -hmm. perfect date is because he has lost a lot of these high-profile fights against the elite of the division. And so he can win a lot of that back sometimes if he steps up into a main event as underdog as he's doing here. I understand the concept behind it, but sometimes it's also better to not rush to failure, you know, because look, if he does lose this fight, number one, we don't know. We hope he comes out without an injury because these things happen even to the winners, right? And that could put him back for some time. He's coming off, you know, I just, I don't like this fight for him stylistically. And sometimes I understand you want to skip the line so you can get closer to hoping that they forget about losses. And it comes to a point, especially what it seems like with this company that taking fights on short notice anymore, no longer really, clears you as a company man they look at the fight as hey you took it so it's on you win or lose and that's no disrespect to either side i think for kelvin years ago where the wrestling came first striking was used to set that up different fighter here to kenny's point his head stays still and he trades in the pocket hoping to land and he likes to show his toughness that he could take a shot uh against ken near i don't think many people really can eat a clean shot from him especially at 185 this is a guy that possesses heavyweight power at 85 it's a scary thought and he is not an easy guy to take down. And if he gets on top of you, he's very good at controlling the guard. He could pass and get to half. And even there, he just throws bombs. I think Kelvin's in trouble here. I really don't think he gets uh, Kenneer down unless he clips him with an overhand left. So I'm going to go Jared Kenneer. Uh, Kenny picked third round TKO. So I'm not going to be a dick and tail him and do the same thing. I'll go second round because I, I honestly think this. I think he catches Kelvin on the way in. And Kelvin tries to reach for like a single hurt. And that's when Kanyer just starts firing him off. And man, I would hate, I hate to see that happen to Kelvin. I like him. I've been a fan of his for a while. I just think that there was, had to have been just a little bit more patience and a better fight to get there. Right. You know, that division, it seems like there's a lot of injuries and it doesn't take a lot of time to get back to the top in that division. You know, I mean, and he's really not. And like, for example, say he took a different fight and then wins and fights a guy like a Derek Brunson. For me, that's a much more winnable fight for Kelvin than Jared Kenyer based on style, you know? But look, he's jumping on an opportunity, hoping for the best. And if he pulls it off, then yeah, to your point, John, he, he's he's back, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Well, he takes Jared Kananier's number three in the world ranking, <laughs> and all of a sudden he is championship relevant again, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, mm-hmm. on social media, if you want more from the duck, he is at Ian Parker MMA. And uh, candidly, if you're betting mixed martial arts every weekend and you're not following this guy, uh, I don't know what you're doing. Like if I was contractually not prevented from betting on MMA, I would be tailing this guy's straight wagers on a week to week basis. So uh, keep doing what That's you're doing. And uh, thanks for still fitting us in as you get big time. <laughs> fitting you in. Oh, come on, man. Wow. <laughs> what? what? Fitting you in. Thinks I'm a fucking heel. Everybody thinks I'm out to get them. No, Ken. no, 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 no. You're not, you're not. Listen, 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 listen. I, I, I'm on here before. I see what goes on with Ray. And I see that what goes on with me. This is what happens, right? Ray pulls like Italian grandfather on you, bends you over with a belt. Then you turn around and pick on little brother in me because you take it out on me, right? Yeah. Then you yeah. get off the phone and Jason calls. He's like, yo, stop getting a dick. See, Kenny see, Kenny's laughing because he knows I'm yeah. 100% correct here. I know you like want us to be a dick to you, but like you can't. A, it's your show. You're nice. Um, and when anyone says anything to you, you get a little, you get a little, you get a little, you get a little upset. You're a little upset pretty quickly, you know? I mean, you get upset, and I'm not in a position to upset you. I'm not Ray. I don't not want that smoke. Jack, I don't want that smoke. I'm back into whatever hole he came out of today, all right? 
hey, I think I've set myself up to get bashed by a lot of people, right? I'm getting, I'm going to get bashed by uh, the Militich folks for wearing a mask at a bowling alley. I'm going to get bashed by my twin brother for going to the bowling alley. Um, <laughs> so it's going to come at me from all sides. But hey, much love to you. And um, I'll try to be less sensitive, I guess. I got a lot of things to work on. So <laughs> we, we all do, John. We, we live in a crazy world. You know, things we just, uh, we, we can't all be smiling ear to ear like Kenny. This is Kenny's sitting there just laughing the whole time. Yeah. He's loving this. By the way, is Ray okay? He looked like he hasn't moved from that spot since last week's episode. <laughs> Dude, I'm te- like, he was, I could tell, man, he was not thrilled. Hopefully, it's nothing terrible. I'm sure he'll call. He usually calls me afterwards. He's like, everything okay today? Uh, hope you weren't upset with me. You know. <laughs> um, hey, good to see you. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next Monday. You got it. All right, Ian Parker with us for the main event challenge. I do want to get to a pronunciation of the week on the way out. We have three lightweight fights this weekend. And our next fighter, the Chilean, as we call on our executive producer, Cody Merrow, will be fighting Roosevelt Roberts. Cody, it's nice to see you. Hola. So uh, so this Chilean fighter came off of Dana White's Contender Series, the only episode of the Contender Series that I ever called. And this guy earned a UFC contract on it. He fights Rosie Roberts this weekend. Cody, of whom am I speaking? Uh, La Haula, right? La Haula is the, the cage? nickname. The Cage. The Cage. Working on my Portuguese lately. That's not Portuguese, but working on it. So yeah. Ignacio Bahamondes. All right, let's hear him say it. If you could play the whole file, that would be great. See John's reaction. So I try and like gauge how he reacts to me saying it to the file. Come out. Sometimes he's like, "Ooh, let's get to the file." So, so sorry to bleed <laughs> yeah. out the section, but I'm probably wrong based on his assessment. Here we go. Ignacio la jaula. Bahamondes. Ignacio La Jaula Bahamondes. I mean, man, does the dude ba slow it down? The H, the H is silent. Ba-a. Correct. See, I said it more of a, I said it more of like a Spanish way, though. You know, so that's, you what, that's what I get. You know, you, you injected the H. And that is where you faltered. Too much, yeah. too much Russian. I, like I, I'm trying to say it like they would say it. And the right. Russians, you have to really. Ah, uh, that's what I get, fellas. No, okay. I've gotten a bad habit. I think I told you I, I voiced Raphael Fazeev as Rafael Fazeev. Realized it on my own and had to retract it because I'm in this habit where every time I see Raphael, it's an H, you know. Um, but yeah, that's a loss. Casey, our intern, Casey Williams. Thank you very much. You can chalk that up as a loss, but yeah, the Chileans are pretty sensitive about this. And again, it's like, I listened to the file before doing the contender series episode and it says Bahamondes. So I call the fight with Michael Bisping. We don't say Bahamondes, right? We call it the right way. And there are still people on the internet that are like, dude, the H is silent. And it's like, guy, you know, like selective listening. Like we did it the way we were supposed to. So I just thought that was a good file to play for the audience, and uh, it's a silent H. Well, so shout out to the Red Sox fans out there. I always say Raphael Devers is Rafael Devers, and I know he's Dominican, so it's like yeah, I know right. that that's wrong, but that's how I say his name because I watch right. too much MMA. So right. that's right. what you get. Yeah, Rafael Devers minus three thirty. Red Sox win the AL East. There you go. There's your play for everybody who wants minus to fade my NFL. Yeah, no plus three thirty. Plus three thirty. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so the Rays are minus. Plus. Yeah. Right. The Yankees Tampa. are not. Yankees yeah. suck. I'm sorry. Tampa Bay Rays is going to win the uh, American League East. 
All right, we got to get on out of here. AnnaFlorianPodcast.com is live. It will direct you to our merchandise page if you are so inclined. You can also get my One More Sleep merch at Millions.co, promo code Anik, A-N-I-K. Ken Flo's YouTube channel is live. It is also linked to the YouTube channel you are watching right now. Don't forget, remember the show, Bilal Muhammad and Jason Anna coming at you this Thursday night. And, of course, a new PFL broadcast with Ken Flo coming up this weekend. And I'll be on the sticks with at least Daniel Cormier, I believe, for Saturday, UFC Fight Night, Cannoneer awesome. versus Gastelum. We'll see you on ESPN+, Plus, maybe ESPN2 as well. Looks like prelims on ESPN2 and the main card on ESPN. Thank you to our guests, Ray Longo, Ian Parker, our producer, Cody Merrill. For Ken Flom, John Ann, thank you all for watching. Really appreciate the support. Support of the program. Thank you all so much. Tell your friends. We'll talk to you next Monday. Until then, yo fucking This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So when you are at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel a touch overwhelmed. Perhaps you're not showing up the way that you would like to. I can certainly relate. You know, there's a phrase in the song, there's no business like show business, and it says there's no people like show people. They smile when they are low. And for me, being in the public eye has been challenging, at least in terms of always projecting happiness when perhaps that's not how I'm feeling. Well, whatever your situation, working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. And when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws your way. For me, it's imperative that I'm my best self in order to just perform at a high level. And when I don't feel that way, BetterHelp is a great option and a great resource for therapy. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. That gets you matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch out anytime for no additional charge if you're not happy. For me, I'm on the road about 100 nights a year, so being able to connect with someone remotely was absolutely huge for me. And my mindset really candidly has changed for the better. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Florian today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Florian. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, we take on a couple of villains to sort out whether bad stuff is also illegal stuff. George Santos won a seat in Congress by lying to voters, but is that a crime? And Kanye West made it clear he hates Jews. In England, he'd go to jail for that. Here in America, did he commit a hate crime? Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.